When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I never put much thought into tires in the past. The thought was always to drive what comes on my vehicle. And if I had to replace them, I made my decision based on price. Our friends at Cooper Tires know what they're talking about. Cooper has been an American company since 1914, with more than a century in the tire industry. Each Cooper tire undergoes rigorous testing and are backed by warranty, so you can trust that they'll last for thousands of miles. The Coopers pride themselves on good merchandise, fair play, and a square deal. Always have and always will. Don't overpay or underbuy. Cooper Tires do what tires should do and cost what tires should cost. All Cooper Tires are backed by a limited warranty, a 45-day test drive warranty, and select products are backed by Treadwear Mileage Warranty, helping to give you confidence on the road. For complete product and warranty details, please visit www.coopertires.com or www.coopertires.ca. And remember, go with the Coopers. Hello, back for Crash Course. This time we're going to Ohio. I'm joined by my brother, Neil. Neil, how are we? John, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. This is a treat. One of my... First Donald Ross course I ever played, Springfield Country Club. We're going back to Ohio. I think all roads lead to Ohio and specifically Springfield, Ohio. I have multiple stories of being all over the world and you meet somebody from Springfield. It just feels like it. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way about different small towns, but Springfield, Ohio feels like the center of the maze sometimes. Yeah. For those of you that don't know where Springfield is, it's uh, located between Columbus and Dayton. Uh, along the I-70 corridor. It used to be the National Road uh, going through there. So you had you know Zanesville, Columbus, Springfield, Dayton, Richmond, Indiana, Indianapolis. You know, lot, Ross, uh, Ross spent some time in Columbus, spent some time kind of all along there making his way west. Um, and actually, our, our, so our mom grew up there, Peggy. Shout out to Peggy. Peggy Kunk, uh, maiden name Kunk. What? Uh, uh, oh. What is she, the fourth of six children? Yes. To Gene uh, and Eddie Kunk. And our grandfather was the mayor of Springfield. Back in, in, the, back in the mid-'80s, I think. I think, yeah, like yeah. 82 to 86. Something like that. And so we have a lot of memories of going to Springfield. Uh, this was a nostalgic trip for me. I haven't been to Springfield since 2013. Um, unfortunately, uh, the last two times I've been there was for a funeral. Um and there's just not, uh, to be honest, there's not a ton going on in Springfield, Ohio. There's not. Right? There's not. I think um, there's more going on. That people are kind of moving back out of big cities, back into some of these small towns now that they can work work remotely and all yeah. that. So uh, Springfield's home of Wittenberg University. It is. Um, they've got, uh, I know they used to, I don't know if they still do, big international harvester uh Yeah, I feel like they shut down, didn't they? Wasn't planet? that like I don't the, know. Yeah, it's kind of one of those, you know, let me look. It's 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 a mix of central Ohio industry and farming, but not really 
deep enough into either, right? Yeah. Um, there yeah, was there was a box company that was that was based there for a long time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing International Harvester Credit Union is the only thing in Springfield now. So I think I feel like similar to a lot of other Rust Belt towns in and around Ohio, you know, it it, it feels like uh, its best days are behind it. But maybe not. Maybe you're right. Maybe people are coming back. I will say this: when we showed up, I was impressed at the uh, the club is. It's nothing flashy um, when you drive in, but the uh, the place was popping. There was p- plenty of people at the pool. They had a massive junior clinic going on out on the range, and the course was in perfect shape. So yeah. I think my first impression after I think I'd been there 15 years ago was uh, it was delightful. You know, a word we use a lot, but one I truly mean with Springfield. I'd been back a few times in the last decade or so uh, to play Springfield. They, and then actually it went to U.S. Open sectionals there one year. And it's the same guys that like they have, they have U.S. Open sectionals there every year. I don't know why P- more PGA Tour guys don't go over there versus playing it, uh, playing the 36 hole slog at uh, the lakes and uh, Brookside over in, I know there's more spots up for grabs over there, but you've got, you know, half the tour over in Columbus after the Memorial versus you've got just, you know, I think I think it's up to seven spots now in Springfield. It used to only be three or four. Um, Zach Blair always always tries there. Brian Stewart is always there. Troy Merritt. If you're a relatively straight hitter and can putt, um, it's a. But they get that place dialed. There's there's only two pins on some of those holes. Like there's only two or three hole locations because <laughs> the greens are. I mean, the greens are unequivocally the defense of the golf course. I think Tony Finau qualified long ago over at Springfield he did. Country Club. He did. Um, but yeah, I think just, yeah, kind of before we get started, um, Chad Durrell, I think he's the, the superintendent. He's been there a while. Um, a few other clubs have come calling uh, and he's, you know, happy there and, and doing an absolutely wonderful job. So uh, playing conditions, playing services are totally up to snuff, especially for a place that probably doesn't have as large of a budget as many of its peers in Ohio. And then Jake Houston, um, he's the head pro out there, uh, doing a fantastic job as well. Massive junior clinic on the range when we were out there. Uh, great practice facility, by the way. They've got yeah, uh, good range. You know, it's it's nothing flashy. I think that's kind of the thing with Springfield. Like it's nothing flashy, but it's just so solid and substantive. And it's one of the it's like an original Donald Ross course that they haven't messed with over the years. It's still the same as it was when, and and it's and Ross designed a lot of courses. He didn't always step foot on all those properties. He did it via topo maps. I think he he stepped foot at Springfield and did you know a lot of it is his handiwork. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean the range is kind of back in the corner. You got to drive out there to from the clubhouse and uh, super flat, double sided range. Just really, really like utilitarian felt like a grinder's paradise you could, like i could have spent all day out there yeah nobody was going to bug you uh the, the range is dead flat so you're not really guessing about how far your clubs are going you can see every target yeah it's it's very simple very useful and shout out to uh, the superintendent chad uh following him on twitter yeah recently great twitter follow great twitter follow yeah. you know i i kind of like you know how stuff works type vibe and he's he's putting out a lot of good content around what they're up to on the course and and, uh, 
you know, what they're fixing, what they're working on. So some of that too is superintendent Twitter is pretty good. Yeah. You know, shout out to Randy. And Ohio does a a very good job. They've got the golf course superintendent association of Ohio. They've, they've got a great YouTube channel. They've they've got all sorts of good stuff. Cause I think some of it too, for, especially in some of these small towns is uh, you've got, or smaller towns. I mean, Springfield's city of probably 30, 40,000 people. Let me look. Um, We should know more about it. I almost feel a little sheepish. Um, just because, like, we have roots there, and and I felt yeah. like I was assuming. I love going. I, yeah, I, yeah, it was yeah. N- when I when I when I got there, and I got and then I left. I was like, God, it's great to be back in Springfield, Ohio. You know, but it's just not a place that is. I'm not passing through it very often. But I think as they, you know, as they kind of cater to y- a younger demographic, you know, try to grow the membership at places like this. Well, it's, it's the best like young membership in oh, the state, it's, right? It's crazy. Like if you're outside of thirty outside miles, of like forty miles, forty, yeah. 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 So a lot of folks yeah. from Columbus, if, if you know, you can make the drive over in an hour. Population of Springfield, 59,132 okay. as of 2019. So, but I think it's it's incumbent upon superintendent and head pro, director of golf to educate, you know, the membership, especially if it's skewing younger and if a lot of people haven't flown into a country club before or something like that, to, you know, educate them about what you're doing with the playing surfaces and what the what the maintenance routines look like, when is aeration, all that stuff. I feel like you, you know, you really give people a way to buy in on their on their home turf. Sure. Um, but yeah, the the course is. I mean, it's it's infamous for the greens. Yes. And you get a taste of that on the first hole. Uh, it's a kind of a straightaway par four. Um, you know, super old school where you've got the, you know, one one and ten right there next to each other. Uh, up off on the back this of the clubhouse, like up on a hill too. So the clubhouse sits up top kind of highest point of the property and then both tees you're going out yeah kind of hitting over i don't want to say a ravine but the you know the swale yeah it moves down and then both kind of go up over this hill and so you don't really know what's you know what's out there it's kind of like yeah just blast over that hill and keep it between these two sets of trees (laughs) and And then then we'll go find it yeah and then nine and eighteen nine comes up on the left side of uh of uh one and 18 comes up on the right side of, 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 of 10. Um, but yeah, one we're you know, we're standing there on the first tee and, and guys were playing with said, Hey, there's, you know, uh, it's a front right pin today. And, uh, I said, Oh, great. You know, they said, no, like, that's not the, that's not the pin you want. <laughs> it's a very difficult back, you know, back to front slope green. And I, I think a good result on that pin was three putting. I hit my approach to five feet slightly above the hole and i missed that putt and had a 12 foot par putt uh from the fringe and i made that so i started with a par um, i had i i hit one little long left i was trying to leave it short right left i was like 15 feet above the hole um i got one down to probably six feet past somehow stopped missed that and then had a tricky sidewinder coming back from my three putt that Lipped in, and I we should mention it was it was a bit of a family reunion uh, yeah. for for the boys here. Uh, so, shout out to Dave Shovlin, uh, old friend of our uncle Pete. Uh, our uncle Tom was out there. Uh, we had our mom's cousins, the Griffith brothers, were out there, and then of course from Trap Draw fame, the legendary RC Kunk, uh, Uncle Pete's son, Tronanai's cousin. And the last time I was out there with RC, he had an, he albatross. Made an albatross. That's right. On what twelve? No, on the second hole. On on number two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, with his tight lies. Yeah, with yeah. his Adam's tight lies. Uh, so we had a, a group of eight, and 
uh, yeah, everybody three putted or four putted the first hole in my group. Tron, you were playing ahead of me. It it's sounds like everybody a, did that too. Yeah, it's truly just a test of like you kind of have to throw. That's why U.S. Open sectionals is so fascinating out there because you got these guys that, like, you know, some of them are kind of unsuspecting, right? And yeah, you know, it, it it gets a little bit like two is a little bit more benign green. Uh, two is a par five. Par five. I'm sh- I imagine they they either play two or five. I would imagine two as a par four, probably during during U.S. Open sectionals. It's like 510 yards. There's a lot of cross bunkering, right? Like a you know. Something up the right or up the left, about a hundred yards out, to where, even on some of the longer par fours, to where Ross is just kind of messing with your eye more than anything. And uh, not only cross bunkers for sure, but I noticed on five specifically, four and five, I really like both those holes. Uh, creeks um, are kind of just like like dry creek beds, maybe sometimes, and then uh, little. Like trenches and the little mounds in front of the green. Yeah, or, prevent, or a little pushed up green. Yeah, to prevent the run-up shot. Um, you know, kind of the, the fairway doesn't always run into the green, which I really liked. I thought there was some good use of, uh, of, I guess, mounding to be hazards in a way, which I thought was good. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I mean, two, like, two's got that a little bit. And then three, the there's a front bunker that's set way off the green that makes it look like, just messes with your eye. It's probably... 30 yards off the green, but it makes it look like, you know, it just obscures your eye. And there's, they've done a really good job on some of the tops of the, of the bunkers of leaving some, some kind of hairy, you know, scraggly uh, eyelashes up there to, to really add some texture. And that worked on me because <laughs> as I, in my quest not to airmail greens, I, I think I shot the front bunker and thought, oh, that's the front of the green. I ended up, you know, I was chipping. So uh, we did not get up and down there. So the, I think the course for me really gets started on number four. Yeah. Four is uh 430, 440-yard par four. Um, flat drive, and then it, it rises to this green that's that's set, kind of benched into this hill. and uh, It's got to be at least 30, 40 feet up. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a serious climb. And, I, and like you said about the drive, unnervingly straight. Yeah. Right, it's just like that, and number five, the next hole. It's like you got to hit the ball, and six. It's like three in a row of like, hey, you know, reminds me of number seven at uh, Pasatiempo. You know, when the trees are on both sides. But that, you, you that's not a good it. hole. Whereas this is, I think, a really, really. Good I think that's a sick hole. So we're gonna disagree on that. Uh, so all right, so but four, you like it was a, again, it was like a front front leftish pin. I landed at pin high, spun it back off the green, and it rolled 40 feet down and and then I putted it up twice it rolled back to my feet and I finally got it back up on the green and like the 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 last time I played there I had I had uh I had a birdie putt on that hole that I was my um I was facing 180 degrees away from the hole on the putt and and it 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 totally horseshoed and like my my heels were pointing to the hole basically. I think I also, I had a great drive, also came up short by a couple yards, rolled back. Uh, I did get up and down, but I thought that was a good, uh, good indicator of, I didn't want to club up because the pin was up. And if I knew if I was long of that pin, then I'm putting off the green anyway. So it just was like a can't win situation there. Like hitting the the green may not have been a reward. I may have ended up playing it 
it's not an, it's, it's kind of a two tier green. It's not super, it's not unfair. It's just, but if you're on that top tier exacting. and you're trying to get down to that front hole, like I was trying all day, I took the advice of everybody I talked to, just don't be above the hole, which you could say about any course, but this one specifically. And, uh, but and there's it shows a good, you that very quickly on yeah. one and four and one, four, uh, six, where, you know, yeah, just don't. don't but the combination of not have, you're exactly right about exacting. Uh, exactly right about exacting. There you go. Uh, you can't be above the hole, but there's a lot of these uh, holes have false fronts, you know, or there's a punishment for coming up short. So you better, you better be dialed. And it's hard to be dialed when you're hitting up to a green. It's hard to club up when you know you don't want to be beyond the hole. And you're hitting to a green that's forty, you know, forty feet, fifty feet yeah. above you, right? Yeah. It's just like a, it's kind of a, it's a mind fuck, basically. Uh, I'm not sure if it's fifty feet above. It's it's like it's it's a good thirty thirty five feet. Okay, I think. But I I thought it was significant because I yeah, ended up walking up there and I was because like, you're coming is... from a flat part of the property. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, there's there's like a a creek that kind of runs runs across as well, and then yeah, five's the one you said five's a five's a tricky little driving hole too because you can't really tell how far those fairway bunkers out are, are out there uh six is one of the best holes on the course in my opinion straight away par par four um with the creek crossing creek in front. right in front of the green and then some of the gnarliest fall offs back left back right of you know just pushed up green a little bit in the back and 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 that's one that you can tell that they've They've pushed the green back out to yeah. Kind of I where thought it was, it was almost squared off. Yeah, uh, I, I really liked the the way that green looked, and uh, it was a back left pin. I missed, I missed left. I had a shitty oh, drive, and like I just had to punch one up. Missed left, and like I on my next chip, I just like I struggled to keep the ball in the green, and I had yeah. sixty feet of green to work with, like you know past the pin and and now and, and the greens were rolling a 10 10 10 and a half and like they they could dial them up to you know they'd gotten some rain they could dial them up to 12 and it would be damn near unplayable and i think they have to you know when the when the pros come to town yeah. because it's just not a very big piece of property um but my favorite hole was or two favorite holes are seven and eight seven and eight are great uh kind of playing back it's the high point it, kind of the high point of the front nine. Um, seven's a cool drive. And then, you know, really uh, similar thing. You got an elevated green, um, pretty exacting second shot. This one's, you got a much shorter club in your hands than on four. They both goad you into hitting driver when you shouldn't. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't think you need a drive. Yeah, you, you don't, you don't you need a driver on either but, of them. But you see the scorecard length and like on seven, it's 352, eight's 330. You know, seven's pretty clearly like a, uh, it's probably a five iron, four iron off the tee, five iron off the tee. And then, you know, eight is eight, eight. You could probably hit driver and get it up there. There's a cross bunker of what, that, 40 that yards out great. from the green. And it's kind of a heaving diagonal across the, uh, across this hillside. And, uh, and then a wild, wild green. Yeah. Like it's like an infinity split green. level infinity green. That's with nothing behind it except like looking down at nine green and just a basically a wall of rough that falls off the back um but on on eight i hit driver hit like a i hit like a second serve cut it was a great shot right and i i, I saw the shot i hit the shot i executed i had like 60 yards in and just 
you know, a little too much with the wedge. I was in a little bit of rough. Wedge is long, and then I, I putted it, you know, from back to front, like pretty much. Not I didn't completely degreen myself, but I, you can't keep the ball within 15 feet if you're above the hole, right? It's, so, a, it's, a, it's a test of accuracy and discipline the truly. entire day. Um, yeah, I, I like the combination. It made me think about the combination of a short par four but uphill. I don't know. I it, that's it might seem random to bring that up now, but I just thought that the making them both uphill. Um, well, it's a two shot. It's a two shot par four, right? Yeah. It's a two shot short par four, which yeah. I think is a one of the more interesting kinds of holes in all of golf, right? And I think there's a, but like at no point does does the course ever feel like yeah, if you hit it in the wrong spots or maybe on one, if you hit the middle of the green and then you're four putting, yeah, that one feels unfair. But it, at no point anywhere else does it feel like. You are, you are being unfairly punished. It feels like no, like just don't fucking hit it there, right? Yeah. Like, like you made a mistake. You went after this pin and didn't execute. You can go at middle of the greens, and you're probably gonna have some three putts. But it's not like it's not gonna beat you up off the tee. Um, if you take your medicine and and try not to be a hero, like you can make, well, you can make a lot of easy pars and and or or hard pars easy bogeys out there all day long. It's when you start trying to force the issue and make birdies. It's it's uh and then you know nine's this little pocket par three down the hill back towards the clubhouse. Got like five or six bunkers there. Um you know and it's just it's a tough it's so far downhill it's a really tough hole to figure out the distance on. Yeah, I I ended up in the front bunker. I I just and the wind is a factor there. That's a testy little shot. The other thing you're you're right about staying patient, because um, there's scoring holes yeah, out there. Yeah, like if I a couple holes I hit driver and you're like, oh my god, I'm up. You know, like seven's a perfect example. I'm 50 yards away, but I'm on the wrong side of the fairway, and I don't realize that till after. It's like I'd rather be 150, almost, 170 yards away. Yeah, it's almost like you didn't you don't realize you're in danger until you're already like in a chokehold, and you're like, oh my god, no, I can't get the ball close here. And then that's when you force it. You're like, well, I'm still I'm gonna try to hit this you know, wedge shot that I don't practice a, a high floater. And then that's long. And now I'm three putting for both. And the conditioning is good enough to where, like, yeah, like if you're hitting from above the hole onto a down slope, yeah. Like the ball's not going to stop, you know? No, it's not. So, but it, it kind of lulls you into like, yeah, man, there's plenty of room up there. Like you should, you, you know, it's not like, you don't feel like it's a very tight course, maybe OB on seven and eight. Sure. But well, elsewhere you can, you can you blow can it around driver. If you want to, it's just a matter of like, I don't think you want to. Yeah, but right? it's not it's not just hit it as close to the green as possible. Like you got to be on the right side. If you're going to be close to the green, you better be on the right side of the hole. Uh or else you're, you know, if you're in the rough, you're asking for trouble on the wrong side of the hole. And then kind of you know, making the turn there, 10 uh 10's pretty similar to to 1, 393, a little bit shorter. Um a little bit more cant in that fairway and then more bunkers up by the green as well. Or, I'm sorry. Uh, no, ten. Yeah, they're they're very very similar holes. Uh, there's a creek that runs kind of down that right side there that that everything kind of funnels towards. Uh, and then eleven, um, like three seventy three, probably one of the more straightforward holes on the golf course. Yeah, I think eleven and fourteen were both pretty straightforward. Yeah, uh, there's you know good green up there, but but very straight off the tee. Um, you know fairway that fairway bunker up the left isn't really in in play it's more about the trees that kind of pinch in up the left and then 12 is like it looks super benign from the tee <laughs> it's a par five um it's gosh what 478 from the tips i think 
and um like you know you've you've your eyes get big and you're trying to think all right i'm i'm going to make a 3 or a 4 here and uh i had 165 yards out for my second shot i made double you leave it above the hole i yeah i left it above the hole and then uh no i no i actually i left one short because I was so afraid to be above the hole, and I chipped up above the hole, and then I think I three I three putted. I or no, I four putted. I'm I sorry. got one up close to the green and chipped it to about six feet above the hole, six foot downhill birdie putt, the, and I made that one. It ran into the hole, and everybody was like, "It would have been off the green, hundred percent." Right? But I was kind of like, you know what? I'm gonna just trust this line, and that was because you actually rolled by in the cart and were like, "Let me know how that putt goes." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay," and so I, I that was the one I made. Uh, yeah. but you could see the way that green actually my, I think between six and the next hole, 13, the par three, those are my two favorite greens. Both of them really 13's, big. 13 is really 13 is outrageous. Just, just canting. But it's not, it's not unfair. I don't think. No, it like goes ba- big, like, like top left to bottom, right, you know, sloping, uh, and you can, you can almost get a sense of it from the tee and then you get up there like, Oh my God, you know, like our uncle Tom was above the hole. There, he actually hit a great putt to, I think, probably got it to like eight feet, but it was it and just, it's elevated enough too to where like you you know you got to get the ball up there. Uh, I was short left, and hit hit this probably the best shot I hit all day. I had the same chip. This chip and you know with that bunker in front of you. I was aiming you. I was yeah. aiming ninety degrees, you know, straight ahead, and the pin was up to the right. Yeah. It was it was wild. Um, but that putt that our uncle hit, it took about. 10 minutes to get to the hole, you know, because yeah. he, he had to tap it and it just it's keeps so fun. rolling it. out. Like just, I mean, truly probably 20 seconds. It's for like, the ball it's to playing golf with your mind. Yeah. Right. And then you've, and then you've got to, you got to execute the shots, but you got to figure out on the second, it's a second shot golf course. You got to put yourself in position off the tee, but second shots, you got to figure out, all right, like, where do I, how do I want to play this shot? Where do I want to be on my next shot? Right. It's, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of scar tissue it builds up, I think. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I, I like 14 a lot. 14 is another like sh- kind of shortish par four. Uh, it's only three, 345, 350. That's the one I made a mess on where I hit a great drive and had about, I think I had about 30 yards in, but I was on the left side. The pin was on the left. And you put it in one of those bunk. Like, there's, there's bunkers surrounding this entire. Yeah. And the pin was back thing. left. So then I tried to hit a flop shot because you, you're saying to yourself, yo, I'm 30 yards away. I got to. Got to go to the green. I should just hit it. I should have just chipped it to the middle of the green, taken my par, and said, "I'm on the wrong side of the hole." I, I waving the right flag. Instead, I tried to get greedy. Ended up putting a you know extended flop shot in the back bunker, and, and then you're dead. Then you're dead. You're totally dead. So that was that's where it really felt like you don't know you're dead until you're already like you know that been, that you've hole is put in submission. That hole's very. Uh, like I'd much rather have 120 yards in in a gap yes. gap wedge or pitching wedge in my hand than 60 yards in an awkward, you know, awkward uh, half shot. Yeah, right? and the bunkering there was good. It's a it's actually a inviting run up to the green, but then these long bunkers frame both sides of the hole. I think Is there's that the, th- there's two bunkers in front too. Are there? Yeah. Okay. So that whole green's covered in bunkers. Yeah, in. I mean okay. that's a short, short but demanding. Yeah, that's what, okay. I'm, I must mix that up with. You're uh, you're thinking of uh, of seventeen, seventeen okay. is open in front, um, and then uh, and then fifteen's kind of up this hill to 
really really cool green. Uh, there's no bunkers uh, have, up up on that green. There. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you, you can you can use the slopes uh, long and long and right there, um, but you got to hit the proper shot because you can't just throw it up there mindlessly and you know otherwise it's not going to come down in the right area. I think that was my favorite piece of the property vibe wise is the uh, almost layered like visual of 13 green, yeah, 15 green, and then 16's back in that little pocket. And, and then 17 T is all kind of right there. And then you can see 18 green in the clubhouse beyond, yeah. beyond too. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then cool little par three. Uh, I mean, kind of hesitate to say little, it's 190 yards. Yeah. That was a pretty, par three, pretty 16. big hole. Um, you know, just, and there's a, a relatively new bunker there. Uh, I guess Shovlin was on the greens committee and, and, Asked them to put that in there. It used to be just this grass bunker that was tough to cut and crappy grass down there. The and they one, put the front right bunker. Front right bunker. Yeah. And uh and another good green there. And then I yes. made a, I would like to say I made about a sixty foot putt from the fringe for par on that hole. I missed long, was totally boned, chipped it to the front of the green and just kind of one of those step up and whack it so i was kind of like man i stink and it, it you know it went it in. goes in it was great that that got me back that that brought me back from the uh from the butthurt nation and there's some cool like stately old houses over on yeah. that side of the course too like it's, it's kind of walking back in time a little bit um and then 17 i think 17 is the best driving hole in the course i had that in my notes too um, I, I think yeah that blind tee shot just yeah kind of down through this this uh this shoot uh there's you know two two big slopes on either side that, that, you know, kind of weave diagonal and then shoot you out into this fairway. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, after you play it, you're like, Oh, that's a lot more straightforward than I thought it was. Um, but you know, really, really good hole open in front of the green. Like you said, it's a 580 yard, uh, par five and, you know, just a really, really stout, strong, yeah, just uh, 17 kind of, gradually dogleggin left with trees up the left side but pretty open off the tee if you get it, if you get it through that shoot yeah you can kind of miss either way I actually hit an 18 fairway uh, <laughs> that was a provocative line it was I didn't didn't intend for that to happen of course um yeah but I like 17 was a fun hole that was a a, a good looking hole and a fun tee shot and then and then 18's back up to you know tee off in the low low part goes back up elevated green uphill par four. Uh, up towards the clubhouse, up to where 17T was. And, uh, you know, pretty mega false fronty on that green. It's, you know. It's the only lake out there, too. The lake's on the right, yeah. On the right? Yeah, on the, ri- on the right of 10 and on the right of 18, kind of between those two. Um, but, yeah, there's a, you know, there's a, a bunker up the right that kind of grabs your eye. There's no reason to be in that. And then you probably have 100 and... 130 to 150 yard shot in there to elevated green and you got to get it up there. Otherwise you're, you know, you're spinning it back down. And then, uh, like that's another pin where if the pin is in or green, where if the pin is in the front, you can, you know, you can, can degreen, you could potentially degreen and, and be 40, 50 yards off the front there. Yeah. So like, it's, it's just one of those courses. It was the first Ross course I ever played. I didn't even know who Donald Ross was. I just remember I'm not there with our grandpa when I was maybe, I don't know, nine or 10 kind of just getting into golf and, but like hitting it pretty well, like starting to get things. Maybe I was even a little bit older than that. And I remember I really, really liked it, but I didn't know 
why or what was going on. I just knew it was different than anything else I'd ever played. Yeah. Right? So it's always left this indelible mark on me of, you know, I, I just like, it's, it was the, the, it's just everything I think of when I think of Donald Ross. Donnie's always got a knack for finding those pockets to put like greens up in like little nooks and crannies of a hill. And yeah, it just makes, it makes for interesting approaches. And you know, if you miss very penal, I mean, know, shit, if you're back at, to your feet kind of stuff at where like on 15 green or 13 or, um, number eight, like there's some holes out there that like, it doesn't, doesn't make a whole lot of like, you're like, Oh man, like that was, that took some ingenuity to put yeah, it. It's to like put he, a hole he there. found this piece of land, this, this hill. And he's like, this is perfect for a green. And he's like, no, I'm going to put three different greens into the same hill, you know, in different ways. Like yeah. I'm going to route this course so that we can keep kind of putting greens into these pockets. And it's really cool to see. Um, yeah. If you stop and think about it, like most people probably only put one green into that hill and then move on. I don't think I've ever been to a course that, that uses the land it has as like, there's not a wasted spot on that whole property. There's no, like it fits together like a jigsaw puzzle. The front nine is back and forth, but at no point does it feel back and forth at all because you've got those holes like seven, eight, nine. Uh, and then the, and then the back is a little bit back and forth, but going the opposite direction, going more East West uh, but then you've got the holes like 13 and 15 and 17 that kind of yeah. trick you into thinking you're not going back and forth the same direction. You could argue that like four, five, and six, they are back and forth. They're switching back on each other, but each hole has its own unique yeah. feature. We're like, oh man, that's like, you know, that's a problem for me or that's interesting. <laughs> or well, the, yeah, or the, I need to, I, like my mind is occupied either with the elevation change you know, some mounding stuff, the creek, the way the green is massive and sloping. So, yeah, all three of those holes are are awesome, even though, like, the layout, like, if you look at it, it's very simple. Even the fairway bunker, like, some of the fairway bunkers, they're not even in play for for people anymore, but they're, they give you something to look at. They, like, yeah. they, they'll mess with your eye or they give you something to look at and think about. Um, so, I don't know. I... I relish every chance I get to to uh, go back to that place. It's just a just a total throwback. They don't make them like that anymore. And if and if they did, the architect would probably be be you know bullied into oblivion. Uh, so what'd you shoot? What did I shoot? I think I shot like eighty eighty two or eighty three. Um, I, I I had it rolling for. I think I was probably you know one over through five, and then just started. You know, I just started compounding errors. I don't. I think I made one birdie. I had, you know, my eyes got big on twelve and yeah, doubled that. And I was like, all right, I'm, you know, I, I'm getting. I'm like, this place is making a fool out of me right now. I shot eighty one, and I had it going two on the front until I doubled. I doubled eight, just bogey, double bogey. You know, seven, eight, nine. Just yeah, kind of just. It doesn't really beat you up. It just kind of puts you in. It's like pressure points. It's like it's, it's, you it know, feels like put a, you, it's decommissioning you. Like you don't even realize, like, oh my God, you got me like in an awkward spot. Now uh, you're going to, now you're going to kill me. <laughs> what's like the, it's like a flyweight boxing match to where like neither guy can, like, yeah, no one's getting knocked out. Like nobody has the power to knock yeah. anybody out, but it's just, it's just these very technical rounds of back and forth and you're just trying to score points and you're trying to 
to set up the next combination and everything. And it's it's a very technical, cerebral golf course yeah. in, that, in that regard. And you're not really, you know, other than maybe seven and eight, you're not really losing a ball out there, right? Like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I think I played the same ball all day. Yeah. I hit one OB on eight, which is the only reason I mentioned it. So I did lose a ball, but I didn't feel that was an unforced error because I was hitting driver. Did you hit one in the cemetery? Uh, right? I think I did. Yeah. Up right of the green. Yeah. Yeah. So hate, hate that. Hate, hate doing that. Uh, I was trying to send it. So anyway, shout out to uh, Springfield Country Club and Springfield, Ohio. And, uh, you know, our grandpa, Gene Kunk, rest in peace. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Good stuff. Good to get back there. And at some point we need to do an event or something like that.